so many lash artists are so afraid to have higher pricing. I think it's affecting how everybody prices their sets. And I wish that people would just not be afraid to raise their prices, especially if they've been in the industry for a long time and their work is good. They just need their pricing to reflect that and they're just afraid to do it. Always ask why. Why is this the way it is? The whole goal is to rise the industry, to grow it. Yeah, don't worry about giving us credit, guys. We're not here for that. If it grows the industry, that's what makes me happy. When you first said it, I was going to hang up. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a race you want to win. Yeah, you're going to lose because it'll be too cheap. You'll be working for, like, McDonald's money. Otto, Mitter, on to our show from Alibana. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on board. Okay, we'll take 20. I I can't do math. I'm a beauty professional. Yeah, panning. I do teeth whitening. I'm like, okay, there's some point where you got to draw a line. My biggest concern is longevity and making sure that you've got the best possible mechanical fit. If you're looking for a lash podcast that will challenge how you do lashes, build you up, and help you create a business that not only thrives, but allows you to live a life you're proud of, you've come to the right place. This is Lashcast, your friend in the lash industry. Coming to you from the City Roses, this is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we're excited to have Nancy Lee of Loved and Lash on our podcast. She's someone we've known now for a couple years, real sweetheart, and we're really glad to have her come on and really talk about her last journey and talk about everything about her business and just kind of how she got to where she is and what she's done and all that fun stuff, some of the obstacles. Really great insight, really sincere, great person. I know you will get a lot from it. And by the way, we have a discount code for you. We're going to give you 20% off her product right now, off her website. So what's the discount code? It's LashCast20. So it's our name, and then add two zero, not the, not the word. Two zero Lashcast twenty, and you get twenty percent off on our website today. So go make sure you go take advantage of that. Get the discount. Try our products out if you never tried her before. Uh, great, great gal. I really love her company and someone that you can also meet at Lashcon. By the way, she'll be at Lashcon this year. She was here last year. She's back again this year, and God will be with us for a long, long time. So anyhow, we are excited to get to that. But before we do that, we have guess what, guys? It's announcement time. Yeah, there we go. Can't get tired of that. Well, maybe you guys are, but I will never get tired of our music. (laughs) Anyhow, what do we have coming up? Well, it's LashCon season. That's it. That's all we got really going on, guys. So we have virtual tickets. If you can't make it, especially if you're not in the United States and you're overseas and you're like, I'm not going to be traveling, paying all that money just to go see a bunch of people speak. Got it. But that's okay. Only $247 buys your ticket today. By the way, if you can make it, we still have a handful of tickets. And the cool thing about that is it's going to go up in about a week. Not a cool thing, but in the week it's going to go up or so. So you want to buy your ticket now before it goes up and you can still divide it into three payments, even a little bit after LashCon. So you can you know, try LashCon and, and your last payment will be a little bit afterwards. That's going to end soon too. So definitely want to buy your tickets now so you can use that, spread out your payments over three payments. 
What else is there? Well, we have a bunch of upgrades. If you haven't bought your upgrade yet, we have a day one, which I promise you is going to be amazing. We have the Lash Booth Collective in the evening with Jenna Cash. That's going to be another great class that's really affordable. It's only $99. And then we have our Lash Lab courses on Saturday morning. All these are extra bonus events you have to pay for on top of the ticket. So if you're going to be there Friday, might as well go to Lash Lab, go to day one, or if at least go to Lash or go to thing on Saturday morning. We have four classes. Plus, if you're a salon owner, we have a breakfast where you get to hang out with us. And Jody from Prolong Lash is going to be there, and she's going to give a little presentation too. We're just going to be there to encourage you and support you as salon owners because you guys are the unsung heroes of our industry, and we really want to give back to you guys. So it's going to be a chance for you to come, learn, connect, and meet with some other fellow um, salon owners. So all that stuff you don't want to miss if you're going to be at LashCon, might as well add those into the menu, especially the breakfast for the breakfast uh, the, for the salon. It's only forty bucks, so forty bucks is nothing. The other classes are one hundred fifty. I know that's a little bit more, but forty bucks for a salon owner is a good chance for you to meet and connect with some like-minded people. Tushy's Lash Retention Course is still going on for the year. We have two classes: Boston, November nineteenth, twentieth. We're going to be in Los Angeles, December third and fourth. If you need better retention, which I think most people do, it's going to help you raise your prices, help you make more money, help you get better client retention in the sense that there'll be more bigger fans of you because they don't have to come in every two weeks. They can now come in hopefully four weeks. With that, we'll help you grow and expand your business. So if you are interested in that, you want to sign up today in our show notes or go to Instagram or go to lashcashproductions.com and buy your tickets there. All right, guys, that's it for announcements. Now let's get into our interview where we sit down with Nancy from Loved and Lash. Hey, guys, Paul here in the Lashcast Studios. Hey, Tess, how are you doing? I'm so jazzed. I am, too. I'm excited to be here, and we are excited to have Nancy Lee from Loved and Lash on our show. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Nancy is a local girl done good. I say local girl because Paul and I grew up in the Bay Area. That's right. And yeah. um, we're very familiar with where she, she her business is. It's in Milpitas. My father used to live there. So shout out to home girl. Yes. <laughs> and she has a last brand salon. And really, we're excited to delve into your story of where you came from, how you got to where you are today, and all the things in between. So I thought we'd get started with you just really sharing with people a little bit about your background and real quickly, how did you get into lashes, beauty, instead of, you know, selling hot dogs at Boardwalk? (laughs) Okay, so I actually was a flight attendant when I started. Yeah, Tess was too. I was too. Who'd you fly for? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. For what airline? Yeah. Reno Air. Yeah, they're not around anymore. It was the biggest little airline in the world. That's the tagline. And they got bought out by Americans. So how about yeah. you? Yeah, I was with Delta Airlines. Oh, oh we love Delta. Delta. Yeah. That, yeah. Cool. Did you know Mackenzie from Delta? Is that how you guys... Because I know. Uh, well, actually, we went to high school together, oh and then gosh. and then she got hired with Delta, and then she reconnected, and then yeah. Okay, so that's why you guys connected because we were at Lady Boss Summit, and we and we saw you there, and Mackenzie was the host of that from McBeauty, and anyhow, just a small world. That's really crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was a flight attendant about six years in before I decided I wanted to do something else. It wasn't something to take over my flight attendant job because it was very flexible and it was very, like my schedule was super open. So it wasn't like to take over anything. It's just something on the side that would also make some money. Then one day I was just thinking about 
all the girls that I've gotten my lashes done by and how they just did it at home. And I was thinking, if they can do it, how come I can't do it? So I just took that idea and just Ran with went it. for it. I actually wasn't even on Instagram when I thought of doing lashes. I didn't have my Instagram account anymore. I stopped for like a few years. So I wasn't like into all of that. So I made an account and then I searched up the closest lash training and booked it. And then after I booked it, I just started getting everything ready. So I started making my website. I got all of the furniture stuff, like all the beds and the tables, lights, everything. I just went in before I even took my training. And then I took my training. Oh my God, what did I get myself into? (laughs) (laughs) It was so hard. By doing it that way, it's almost like an insurance policy because it's like you spent all this money and all this preparation and all your stuff. It's like, you better make this work, girl. Exactly. Yeah, I was already all in it. So there was no going back after the training. I I had to get it down because I've already invested like so much into it. But that was really exciting for me. What was this about year year wise? How far back are we going back right now? Oh, this was about 2018. Okay. Yeah. So my last training was August of 2018. I'm coming up on four years. And then when I was getting everything ready, it was about June end of June. I think it's so cool. And one of the things that you saw that was really valuable, which I still see a lot of last artists not doing this. They don't have websites. And the fact that you went out and built that website, even before you were doing lashes says a lot. One, it gets your page seen by Google and begins to put it on the, on the spotlight. So it can at least be found through SEO because SEO is such a slow moving beast. And I yeah. think that's really smart that you did that. And like you said, it just put, you said, you know what? The whole idea of what I forgot what it was, Brought, came to invade a land and he burned all his boats before he did that. Uh, I forget what was James it? Cook? James Cook? Uh, yeah, or whatever. He burned the boats so that they couldn't go there back. There was no retreating. You had to go in and take the land because if you have the boats as a, out, you're like, well, you know, I can always quit and move on. So obviously for you to commit all this money, time, and energy kind of meant you were going to be a last artist one way or another. Yeah, I was all for it already. So done with the training, what happens afterwards? Are you like, okay, I'm this is easy. I'm going to move forward and be crazy busy in the week (laughs) so after i finished the training since i had everything ready literally two days later i had my first client right after my training so my first client was my friend obviously and she started telling her other friends and her coworkers. so i started getting booked up literally within a week after my training so i was getting really really busy Already, I got booked out for the rest of that month of September. Mm-hmm. And then I started doing like a day where I would release my schedule. And then as soon as I released my schedule for October, it would get booked up within an hour wow. for the whole month of October. <laughs> so I raised my prices every month since I started. I started really, really low. I don't know if you've seen on my Instagram, but I made a reel about my prices when I first started. They were like $50, $60 full sets, yeah. which is super low. Yeah. <laughs> so I raised my prices every single month because I was getting booked out and yeah, I knew that... Exactly. How many months did you do that? How long was it from when you first started raising it? Was it like for six months, a year? How long did you keep raising prices? Three or four months, I kept raising it every single month. And then the next one was six months in. Mm -hmm. And then another one at like one year. And then just 
random times where I just felt like I needed to raise it. Now, for you to raise your prices, obviously, you're not struggling with other lash artists do because so many artists agonize, die over the idea of raising your prices. Why? They're did, afraid. They're afraid of losing people. Yeah. Why did you not have that same kind of fear? I guess of raising your prices. I think because I had Mackenzie with me. Okay. Both supported each other. We took the last training together. So we pretty much started everything out together, but separately, Mm -hmm. you know? And we were just like, let's raise our prices. And we were like, yeah. And she's like, oh, how much should we raise? And we'd be like, oh, let's do $40. And then we just did it. Because, you know, it was less scary because I had her doing it with me, even though it was like for her own clients. It was just, it's less scary when someone else is doing it. And she's too. in San Francisco, correct? Is that where she's at? Yeah, she's in San Francisco. Yeah. That's the power of having lash friends is that you have somebody to bounce ideas off and go through stuff with together. So kudos to lash friendships. And by the way, Milpitas in San Francisco, you know, maybe that's a 40 minute, 45 minute drive, I guess, depending on which way you go. So it's not super far away so in some ways you guys are competitors like there might be people who are trying to choose and yet you guys are still cooperating and helping each other out because i'm sure you realize this and if you live in the bay area you know there's a lot of people in the bay area (laughs) it's millions and millions of people yeah yeah i don't think we ever felt like we were in competition with each other it was always just like what should we do next like how can we improve and she actually helped me build my well she didn't help me build my website physically but we went through it together like clicking on things together Mm -hmm. and like seeing what this does because we built it on Wix and Wix is like a a full-on website builder yeah it's not like a template or anything you have to really get into it and we built our websites together and that's great. That's what we do. Lash friends. No, I think Lash that's really cool. Forever. That's a reason why you come to LashCon, by the way, because you get to meet friends like that and, again, go home and push each other to do bigger, better things. So you raise your prices many times. What was it that made you realize it was time to raise your prices? Just being booked out and not feeling like I was making what I should be because mm-hmm. I was so tired. I was taking three, four clients a day and not getting much out of it. And lash supplies are so expensive. You can easily spend thousands on one order. Yeah, we know that. (laughs) (laughs) So it was just something I had to do. And the demand was there. So yeah, it was just something I had to do. Now, right now, how long has it been since your last time you raised your prices? I think a few months, actually. I raised it again a few months ago because I was just trying to make up for the time that I'm spending lashing. I don't want to not lash anymore, but I want the time that I am lashing to be worth it because I could be doing other things for my business too. And I want it to be worth it for both me and my clients. Yeah. And I know that you have a product line and when did that start? So you you did this in 2018 and you started doing lashes. When did you decide to move into the product line and why did you move into the product line? So I started my product line because I started training in 2019 and I wanted to make my own products because I was teaching different techniques. So I had to get different lash brands for my training. So I had to get 0.07s from this brand and then 0.03s from another brand. And I was like, why 
why don't I just make it myself and not mm-hmm. have to do that? Yeah. So I started off only having lashes. It was late 2019. I had my own lashes. And then 2020, after I had my son, was when I came out with my full product line with everything <laughs> Wow, that's quick. So a couple years into yes. it, and you're like already full product lines and all that. And I know you were at LashCon last year, 2021. So really, you got your pedal to the metal. Like you're just going all out. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Since I started, before I started, I was just ready. Now, a lot of people are always afraid of change and moving forward. What was it you attribute to that kind of drive? I mean, because a lot of people are like, Take it slow. I'm Take not a ready. long time. Yeah. It sounds like you do something for a year and like, okay, that's good. One year down, ready for a big change, ready for a big upgrade. I think because I was growing so fast on social media and on Instagram, I think it just forced me to do more because there were people, well, I started training because people started asking me to. So I started training. And then once I started training, then I realized how much more cost effective it would be to have my own lash products. That's how that came into play. And then I finished my entire product line when my son was born because I wasn't doing anything. I was just at home all day with him. And, you know, newborns, they just nap all day long. Yeah. And so he would be napping on me and I would just be creating products on my phone while he's napping on me. So that was something I could do to make money while being home and all that. Having my son with me. That's really cute. I've never heard that approach. That's really great. How did you get people to start calling you and ask about training? Was it because you were posting on Instagram? Did they hear you through friends? How did that happen? It's from Instagram. I posted like my life depended on it. I posted every single day and every single day I would post a set that I did. Hmm. It didn't have to be like a set I did that same day, but I just posted a set that I've done. And I think people would just keep seeing the sets that I was doing and just like wanted to learn how I did those sets. So really simple strategy post every day, which isn't simple because that's the work, right? That's the posting, the the captions and all that. But just the fact that people saw your work, they liked it, and they just organically reached out to you and said, well, I want to do work like you. And from there, your training kind of just grew itself, right? Yeah, exactly. That's really cool. I mean, that's like old school way of just doing it down and dirty and not some big, huge strategy. But just, you know, if you do the hard work, the kind of boring work a lot of times, which posting can be that if you're just kind of posting pictures, Um, You can uh, find your tribe, find your audience. So that's really cool. Now, you decided after that to move into, which is, I I, mentioned before on this podcast, that you start a salon, which is usually people, I feel like they go from solo artist to salon to training to maybe a product line. But you've kind of done everything differently. You, You went from solo to training to product line, and then you decided to open a salon. What was your ideas behind that? And why did you open and What kind of pushed you into moving to open your own salon? What pushed me was because of all of the profits I was getting from my product line. When I opened my salon, before I opened it, it was COVID. Everything was shut down. Like I wasn't taking any clients at all. So I had no income coming from clientele. So I had to 
create my product line to get that income. And then after I was getting consistent income from my product line, one day I went to go get my nails done because everything started opening up again. So it was finally time for me to get my nails done after seven months. So I went to get my nails done. And when I went to get my nails done in the same plaza, there was a space that said for lease. And I saw it through the window and I was like, oh, this is perfect. It has rooms already. So it just happened. (laughs) Like I wasn't actually looking for a space, but I wasn't not looking. Like I was interested, but I wasn't like actively searching. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The opportunity arose. Yeah, exactly. And it was really close to my house, which is perfect because I want to be like able to see my son all day too. Yeah. So it worked out perfectly. That's great. No, that's that's really cool. Now, has it been a different kind of machine or or learning process to try to run a salon versus a product line versus working for yourself? Because those are three, you kind of like, you almost have three different careers here and you've done it in such a short period of time. You look at those different pathways, working for yourself, running a product line and, and trainings, and then a salon, which has been the easiest, which has been the most rewarding, or, you know, maybe you can share a little bit about the differences between those different pathways. I think what's easiest was my product line because that I can run from my own home and, you know, pack orders at my own time. And having a salon, you have to be more consistent um, with your hours. You have to do a lot more advertising. It's, It's different because I have girls that work here too. And I have to make sure that they're getting their clients too, on top of me running Mm -hmm. everything else. So it's like, it's been a learning process having a salon, Mm -hmm. but it's been hard running a salon. So of the three, you'd say that's been the hardest challenge is running the salon compared to... Can you share with with us what some of those challenges are? Yeah. Well, first I had no idea what ADA stuff was oh yeah so for those of us who are listening and don't know ADA's Americans with Disabilities Act and there they make sure that your space is wheelchair accessible or something like that yeah so I didn't know anything about that um so I had to make sure everything was ADA accessible like the desk and bathroom Mm -hmm. and all of that um which was a challenge because I had to do some renovations for that too they say it has to be 18 inches on each side so that a wheelchair can spin around in the room. Yeah. The same thing has to be with the bathroom. And so it just, you have to make sure it happens often where you do have to make renovations because you don't consider those things. Yeah. I didn't know anything about that stuff. <laughs> so I had to learn that. Another thing would be... I'm sure hiring HR, all that type of stuff, right? Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> HR stuff, um, like all of the legalities for having employees. That was a learning experience, too. I had to learn, like, oh, I have to pay EDD and workers comp and all of that stuff. There, like so much that goes into having an employee, like, I didn't realize. Yeah. No, it's more than just having an employee, but it's now the workers' comp. You have to pay the payroll taxes, which, by the way, you pay. Yes, all the taxes. You pay extra taxes. Not They get their taxes withdrawn, but then you pay taxes on top of that. And then you add yeah. in things like, also in California, there are so many rules in California about breaks, 
lunch times, how long can they work where they have to have a break? And if you don't, there's penalties yeah. for missing those 10 minute breaks and that lunch break, there's penalties and all these different things, right? There, there's so much. And that's why we tell people, if you're in California, you should really at some point hire like a, a base online. There's some of these online HR companies, like for hundred bucks a month, you can get HR person that can help you make sure you're compliant. Because every year, California makes another law to make your heart life a little bit more difficult. Yeah, that's what I had to end up doing. I had to hire an HR person to help make sure everything is in compliance. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, because I really had no idea. And I don't have anyone to ask either. Because when I started, no one was really opening up salons. I literally don't know anyone with a salon. So yeah. I had to figure it out on my own. Lots of Googling. And yeah. <laughs> well, good for you. By the way, when you hired someone, did you hire uh, someone local or did you hire? I know there's companies like Bambi that offer HR, which is a digital service online where you have like a digital agent to help you. What did you do? I actually went through Bambi. Okay. I have Bambi right now. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah I recommend them because I've heard so much good stuff and it's only like 99 bucks a month. And uh, it's yeah, peace of it's money. not bad. Yeah, it's not bad at all. And then also you, you had to hire a payroll company, right? You had to get payroll to set up, which is another whole beast itself. That one, I didn't know how to do either. So I had to Google like payroll systems. I didn't know what people use. Yeah. Now I know it's Gusto and Square Payroll. I went with Square Payroll because I didn't know about Gusto, but I know Gusto is like a really big one that people use. Yeah, that's new from us. We didn't know about Gusto. It wasn't around back in the days when we had our salon. But we're actually about to bring Gusto on because for last con, we're going to be hiring. And so we're going to be using Gusto because actually Shelby from Last Boss Radio, she's the one that kind of passed that on to me. And she loves it. So that's really cool. Now, for you, what's been some of the big challenges? And now, now that you have all these things, balls in the air, so to speak, what are some of your challenges you're facing now, today? Not like what has been, what, as you run your business day to day, what type of things kind of cause you to lose sleep at night? I have so many things going on and I got so many little projects. Like my biggest problem right now is just releasing my tasks to other people. That's been really hard <laughs> for me because I'm always like, I, I like things done a certain, a certain way. way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's so hard for me to let go and let someone else do it. I've been trying really hard to do that, though, so that I can focus on, like, bigger projects. But that's been the hardest and just not hovering over them and making sure they're doing it how I would do it. Yeah, that's been... That is hard, I have to say. That was always hard for me. And then I, I began to watch Paul. He's really good at, at delegating. And what I found was that when I would delegate something and something didn't come back the way that I wanted it to, it was be usually because I didn't tell them how I wanted them to do it. It's not that you so, read your mind. <laughs> so I began to change my approach that when I said, go ahead and do it, and it didn't come back the way I wanted it, then I would walk through it with them and say, this is how I want you to do it. But the point is that it takes longer, right? But that's, I mean, that's the beauty of it because you're equipping them when you tell them. It's just that sometimes it's like, oh, I'll just do it myself, right? Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Now, where are some areas that you're still working through it or where are some areas where you've learned to hand off work and get other people involved? Packing orders, I've learned to let other people do it because it took up a lot of my time. Mm -hmm. I love packing orders. It's like, it's so therapeutic for me, but it just took <laughs> up too much time. Is it kind of like lashing? Because um, it's just kind of the same thing. It's very soothing, repetitive. Yes, exactly. I have a whole system now for that too, which took a while for me to 
put it down into a system, like write it out, Mm -hmm. the whole entire process of how to pack an order. But that's done now. So it's been going. Cool. Anything (laughs) else that you're hoping to automate or get help with or get other people involved? I want everything automated. Um, That way I can focus on doing other things. Like I'm trying to write a book about how I'm doing everything or how I did everything. So I'm hoping to automate everything from ordering supplies to designing and inventory and everything. I want to hand it over to someone else. Now, when you do that and you're saying you write a book, are you almost documenting your journey here with the hopes that this would be like a playbook? So if someone else wants to open a brand, they're like, hey, here's my roadmap. Here's how I grew my business. So you can do that too. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do because I had no background in business. You know, I was a flight attendant. You don't need to have a college degree to be a flight attendant. Yeah. I had no background in business. I had no background in designing, no background in branding or social media. I didn't even have Instagram before I started my Lash Instagram. So I had no idea how to do any of these things. So I figured it out and like I, I feel like I can inspire other people to do the same because I had no help. No, that's great. I mean, that's the, the beauty of being in this industry for a while is that you can now give back, right? You've been blessed. You've gotten benefits from it. And now you can turn around. And I think all of us should be like this. This is one of the things I saw when I was working in the film industry. I remember a couple of pretty big name people I knew that had produced TV shows, movies, and I noticed that they always made time to mentor new, younger people in the industry. I remember asking one of them, I said, I noticed you always seem to have the young people around you that you're talking to, and, or you'll get a call, and you'll take a call, and you'll, and you'll say, oh, yeah, I'm just helping this kid out. And like, what's, what's going on? He goes, no, I, this one guy, he's like, I was so blessed when I got in the film industry because I had someone doing that for me. I got in, and I could call this person and ask for help. And they would always help me, give me tips and guidance. So I feel like I need to pass that on and help people in the industry and encourage people that are younger and in their 20s who are just starting out. So he says, I'm always looking for people to mentor all the time. And I think that'd be such a cool thing to see in the last industry. You've been around now for four years. Someone who's been in for two weeks would benefit hugely from your wisdom and your information, even probably a year or two. You're further down the road, so you could pass it on. And I think it's a great idea to write a book or do any other way you can give back, which I'm assuming from what I know of you, you are due through your you know, Instagram and through other means. Yeah, exactly. I didn't have that person. So I, I want to be that person for someone else. It's so much easier when you know that you can like ask someone questions. I had someone to ask about opening a salon and stuff like that. It would have been so much easier and it would have been so much smoother. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to be that person. And I think it's cool. I and mean, going back to what you said about McKinsey and I, I, we've known McKinsey for a little bit and I always could tell McKinsey, especially when we were at Lady Boss Summit, she takes a lot of pride in you, I can tell. She is so proud of you. I remember her talking about you and, and seeing you, and I could just see, wow, I didn't know you guys were good friends. I said, wow, she really, really likes Nancy. And now I realize, but that's because she's been in the trenches with you. She's been building you. She's been supporting you and helping you. Lash and, besties. And, yeah, yeah lash and seeing you blossom like this. So I think that's really cool to have someone like that in your life, too. Yeah, a support system, I think, is crucial to a successful business, even in like when starting out as a lash artist. Yeah. It's really important to have someone 
just to vent to. Even. Absolutely, yeah. Just need some of the wine too. Yeah. Um, now, for you along this way, have you are you the type of person who second guesses or has lots of doubts and fears that come up, or do you just ignore them? I mean, how, what type of fears or doubts, if you have had, have come along the way, and what have you had to fight through to get through them? Every day, I'm like, should I do this or not? All the time, I have doubts, but I've done it so much already, and I've gone this far. I'm just like, if it doesn't work out, I'm just I'm going to do something else and try again. Like with my posts on Instagram, I'm always like, oh, should I post this or not? Because I don't know if people will like this. And I'm like, I'm just going to post it because who cares? Mm -hmm. If they don't like this one, I'm going to post another one. Maybe they'll like that one or not. I just do it. Yeah. Even I'm having doubts. I just do it. What do you look for as far as responses? How do you evaluate if a post works for you or doesn't work for you? From the amount of people that comment on it, I guess, that would say like, oh, this was so helpful or this was inspiring, mm. then I feel good about that post. Do you take notes or track these type of things or is this more just in your head and you keep, you know, remember, oh yeah, these posts do better and that's when you get better at re replicating those. Oh, yeah, it's things. all in my head. It's all in your head. Okay. It should be on paper somewhere so I can see it, but... Yeah. From the way I work, everything is just up here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it would be great. It's just it's time consuming to track and organize all your posts and all that. And I was I always wanted to do that, but I've, we never got to that either. <laughs> it's like it's like yeah. it's an aspiration. Yeah, <laughs> that's another job in itself. Yeah. Now, do you do all your own social media? Do you have anyone that helps you with it? I have someone that helps me engage. So, like commenting back mm -hmm. or reposting stories. I have someone doing that for me because it was just time consuming for yeah. me. But as far as like replying back to messages, I do all of that. Um, it's never someone else talking to anyone that messages me. It's always me because I don't want them to feel like they're talking to someone else. They can get down as my words and all of that, but people will still feel like it's not you if yeah. it's not you writing back so, so i make you, sure i do all that. so you have someone who will repost on your stories you have someone who comments on stuff or give or someone comments on your page they'll write right back not on the dms <laughs> but actually on like a post yes and that, is that someone that you knew did you go hire someone off the street how did you find someone that would help you do that because i think a lot of people would love help in that area so I found her through Instagram. So I was looking for a social media manager mm -hmm. um, and I found her on Instagram. I didn't know her. Okay. She does sort of like a discovery call and see if you guys like are a good fit. And she was nice. So, oh, actually, before I hired her, I hired a friend to do it, but it mm -hmm. just it got too much for her. She had no expertise in any of like the social media managing stuff. I kind of just like showed her yeah. how I want things done. Mm -hmm. And then that got to be too much for my my friends so <laughs> i hired an actual social media manager and then how many hours a day does she work for you she does 30 minutes a day for okay. me so it's on the lower end you can definitely go up to like two hours a day mm -hmm. it depends on how much you are willing to invest into it okay and is it like the same amount every day does she come on like at 12 o'clock 12 30 or is it at some point she'll put the 30 minutes in and, and do the responses and repost and so forth I think she was doing a certain time of day because she does have other clients that she manages for. So it's like a certain time. But if I have 
something that needs to be reposted soon, she'll do that. So I'll like remind her like, mm-hmm. oh, this mention is expiring soon. So can you please repost it soon? And she'll she'll go in and do that. That's great. I, I think that a lot of people don't realize that. I mean, 30 minutes, it can't be crazy expensive for 30 minutes a day. That's probably um, a lot of people, at least if you're established, uh, affordable. And that this is really only if you're trying to build up, I'd say, a last brand or training. Uh, if you're trying to get clients, you probably have better ways to spend your money. I'm going to guess. I might be wrong. but Yeah. Do you have, Am I allowed to say but, how much? Okay. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That would be people wonderful. would love to figure that okay. out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How um, much do, do you pay her? So I pay 500 a month, and okay. this is for weekdays. But I also started including weekends. So every weekend is an extra fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. So if I want a weekend all weekends, then I have to do a fifty dollars every weekend. So that's an extra two hundred every month. But before it was about five hundred, five fifty okay. for just weekdays. Now does she go on and comment and like other people's stuff or is it just your brand? Yeah, she'll go and engage on other accounts too. So she'll look for other Lash artists and like comment on their things. And then like whoever tags me in their post, she'll go and comment in their post too. That's great. And and I don't know if you have a metric. Do you, is there a way for you to measure how that's working for you? Or is, it, or is this one of those things that's just about maintaining presence? And as long as you maintain presence to you, that's good enough. You, you, there's no way to monetize this. Well, I, I made an extra $10,000 this month because I saw her out engaging with people. No, I just need to maintain that presence with other lash artists it's just so hard since having my son to be on my phone commenting back and I really want to I really want to engage with other people and like just continue our relationship through Instagram but it's just so hard for me to be on my phone like that while I have my son so that's all I have her for I'm not looking to grow my account or make money off of it I just want to maintain relationships I mean, you've done a good job. I mean, I was just looking again. I mean, you have great engagement. I mean, you have, you know, 35,000 followers and I'm looking and you're getting 300, 900, 1200 likes. I mean, that's crazy engagement because I see a lot of brands, even with bigger numbers and they're getting a hundred likes or 50 likes. So obviously you're doing something pretty, pretty amazing to get people to continue to engage. Do you have any uh, strategy about how you go about posting or what type of content you create for your uh, Instagram? I don't have a strategy. I've never had a strategy. (laughs) I I just post whatever will pop into my mind when I'm scrolling through social media. I'll write it down and then I will make a post about it later on. So and do you batch it all or do you just do it day by day? Like, yeah, just fly by. I do it day by day. I'm glad. Thank you for sharing that because I know a lot of people feel this pressure that, oh, if I, uh, here's the thing. I know this happens. People are like, I, I can't batch so they don't do anything. <laughs> it's like, oh, that. yeah, it's don't like, don't feel like that. No, I've never batched in my whole career. I've never batched any content. Yeah. It was just when I, Think of an idea, or when I finish a nice set, I'll post it. Yeah, I've never batched anything. Can I just raise say, your hand? Yeah, like okay, <laughs> I'm gonna go out and limb here and be yeah. vulnerable, but I don't even know what batching is. You know what batching it's is? Batching. batching is when you make everything like in one day. Like for us, today we're doing two. Po- actually, we'll probably do three podcasts today. We're batching podcasts today because we're doing them all at once. Versus doing one tomorrow, one on Friday, one on Monday. We do that too, 
But that said, with content and Instagram, a lot of people, and, and there's nothing bad about it. It's actually great. If you can organize and some people say, Thursdays is my real day. I do Thursday mornings from 9 to 1. I'm making two or three reels, and then I post those reels over the next week. And I do that every Thursday from oh, 9 to 1. That's it's kinda, batching. It's kind of like meal prep. Yeah, it's meal prep. It's yeah. meal now prep. we're talking. I, your, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that never worked for me because I can't think of captions for all my posts like mm. that. How I think of captions is like I will rewatch my videos hundreds of times until something comes up in my head and then I write about it. I can't do 10 of those in one day. You know, that's that's too much thinking. Yeah. Yeah, and everyone's different. We're all wired different. Some of us are really good. Like, I am a free flow guy. I don't like my days to be very predictable. I like every day to be a little bit different. Um, the One day I'll start with this project, and I'll go to this project. And so, I, and, I, and I know the big boulders I need to move forward every day. So, I just won't do them always at the same way or same time. And I think for a lot of people... You got to work with what's best with your wiring. Of course, I think batching is great if you can do it. But if it's not you and you always find yourself like you're saying, like, I just get there and I'm looking at myself. I don't know what to write because I can't do 18 batch or posts a day. Do Find what works best for you. And obviously, it's working. I mean, I look at your page. Your engagement is huge. And you're doing something special. And that's working. So go for it, right? Just make that. And you maybe two years from now, you'll be like, Paul, I batch now. <laughs> it's like... Whatever. That's okay. Another thing with not batching is you're able to keep up with trends because with like real sounds, there's always like a trend. And if you batch that trend Too far in, out. in your month or whatever, yeah. it could be out of trend by the time you post it. So it's good to stay on trend. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, trend, audio trending really helps. And if you do and also I didn't even think topics. And, you know, sometimes I've seen someone post something like, Yeah, it's like that was like three months ago an issue. But now now you're talking about like it's a present thing and it's obviously you shot this way long ago. And and that's even for our podcast. We try not to get too far ahead of ourselves with our podcast because I feel like if I'm like recording for six months from now, you know, what we're talking about in six months may not be relevant anymore. And so I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. I want to keep it kind of timely. And I do, in fact, that did happen just a couple of years ago. We had some episodes I almost didn't release because I felt like, well, this is kind of like old news now. <laughs> so batching has its upsides. Ups but and downs. It does have its downsides. Now, if you could go back and do anything differently, what would you change? Like, I don't know if, if you changed the way you built your business. What steps along the way would you go, yeah, this I wouldn't have done or I would have tried this differently? Honestly, I don't think I would change anything because I like where I am. And I like how everything fell together. The process was not as smooth as it could be, but it helped me learn a lot, actually, about how to like run things and how to do business legally. I learned all of that. So I guess for legal reasons, I would be like registered first instead of waiting until later, those little things. But as far as like the whole process, like I don't think I would change anything. Because it sounds like you're okay with things not working out because it's just an opportunity to grow and learn. Like, okay, that's yeah. it's not working, but that's okay because I'm going to figure it out. Google U is open and I can always go to Google U and, and learn all sorts of great new things and come back and do it differently. Yeah, I never thought about it, but I, yeah, I think I am okay with just the whole learning process and figuring it out as I go. I never thought about it like that. 
yeah, I really like that. <laughs> yeah, you're willing to take whatever comes your way and roll with the punches and pick yourself up and learn from it, which is a wonderful secret ability. So kudos to you, Nancy. Yeah, because I think a lot of people struggle with that. You know, don't want to fail, don't want to look bad. Well, who wants to fail? Well, yeah, I mean, no like, one wants to yeah, fail. Yeah, I want to fail, please. But see failure as a good thing. Like, it's a lesson, chance to learn, to grow, to expand your horizons, as opposed to, like, some shame thing. Like, oh, I just messed up. Oh, I must be a bad person. Like, there's something immoral about you. So it's like, it's not that way. So Yeah, with this podcast, I almost emailed you to reschedule because I was feeling some anxiety about uh, it because okay. I don't really talk in public like that. Yeah. I talk about my stories, but you know, that's my stories. It's mm-hmm. not really like, it feels different. Yeah, yeah. So I almost rescheduled, but then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it because it'll be okay. You know? It will be, it will be okay. I, and it has been okay. And you've been delightful and it's great. I really appreciate your honesty and, and your rawness about it. It's all good. We generally don't bite or attack our, our guests. We try not to, at least. Um, <laughs> and it's good that we're on video. So if I want to attack you, you, you could. <laughs> it's like, anyhow. So what do you feel like is a, a big issue in our industry right now that, uh, yeah, I don't know, bothers you or makes you. Uh, or wish you could change. Wish or- you could change or we could see a fix in our industry. I think pricing. So many lash artists are so afraid to have higher pricing. I think it's affecting how everybody prices their sets. And I wish that people would just not be afraid to raise their prices, especially if they've been in the industry for a long time. And, you know, there's their work is good. They just need their pricing to reflect that. And they're just afraid to do it. I completely agree. I think that the pie is big enough. There is enough for all of us. And I don't want people to think, oh, I need to compete on price. I need to be the lowest you should charge what you're able to. And if you've got the demand and if you've got the skills, absolutely do not worry about feeling like people are going to lose you. I mean, you're walking testimony of that. You kept changing your prices every month, right? That's crazy. And people didn't leave. I was a beginner too. Like, yeah. I wasn't even that great. <laughs> I've never deleted any of my posts. So if you like scroll all the way down on my Instagram page, you can see what my sets looked like yeah. when I first started. What do you think was a key for people not leaving you? I mean, it's amazing that you were able to raise your prices so often that and most 40 bucks at a time and, sometimes. And, and, and people are afraid of people leaving, but it seems like you weren't afraid. So you must have had some sort of confidence like, well, I know I'm delivering or I have, or maybe, I don't know what it is. So like maybe you could share some insights on that. After the first month of raising my prices, I realized that people will leave and that's totally fine because I gained better clients from it after the first month already. And I just kept reminding myself, it's okay if people leave, I'll get better ones for me. That's a great mindset. And I think that's the thing that people don't realize is that while you're at this level, let's say you're charging hundred bucks for a new set and you're like, well, what if I go to 150? Yeah, some people will leave, but there's plenty of people who are more than willing to pay 150 for a new set. And that pool gets smaller the higher you get up. I mean, Tessa's 405 for a new set. And by far, the majority of people that call us now are like, nah, I don't want to pay $405 for a new set. But and the that's ones fine. Who, yeah, which is fine. But the ones who do are her clients. They're, those are the people that very small group of people want to pay the most. In their mind, they equate high prices with quality, which yes. it is. And so they're okay yes. paying more. Yeah, exactly. There's a different set of clientele for every price range. Yeah, exactly. So, no, I think that's a great encouragement. Hopefully, if you're thinking about raising prices, if you're booked or you're pretty busy already, I think what Nancy just 
went with it and realized, all right, some will leave, but there's going to be new people who want to pay that new high price because they equate value with that price. So don't worry about it. Give it a shot uh, or go back and listen. We've had a couple episodes about price raising. You can go back and look for those and and hopefully help you with the, how to actually go about doing that. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. This has been really fun. Do you want to tell people a little bit about real quick about your company, about where they can find you, your website, all that fun stuff? Oh, yeah. Can I give a discount code too? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, our our okay. people would love Kenny, that. People would love that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I have a product line with everything you would ever need as a lash artist, like glues, tweezers, lashes, all of that stuff. My .03s are really, really good for pinching. So if you're a pincher, you need to try those out. I also have online courses. I have my Train Like a Pro course, which teaches you how to be a good lash trainer because I think there was a gap in mm-hmm. that yeah. people weren't sure how to how to actually train, like how it should be, and how to make their manual. So I include a lash manual template in that course too. So you can just fill in with information and not worry about designing the whole thing. Um, so I have Train Like a Pro online course. I also have Edit Like a Pro online course, which teaches you how to edit photos and videos to make it look nice and aesthetic for Instagram. And I'll have a discount code. It's LashCast20. So 20% off any of my products or online courses. Awesome. And the brand name is Loved and Lash. Yeah. Loved yes. and Lash. <laughs> Loved and Lash. <laughs> <laughs> And then your Instagrams is also at Loved and Lash and all that, right? Yes, at Loved and Lashed. My product line Instagram is Loved and Lashed Shop. And then my website is lovedandlashed.com. Very cool. So we'll put this also in the show notes. So hopefully people take advantage of that. I know Tesla's done this a lot. We like to try new products, new companies, new things. Whatever all the time. Now. It's fun. It's really kind of fun. Also, you just never know. Like you like, I like this product. And then all of a sudden you come across another one, like they do it a little differently. There's a little different curl, a little different feel, a little softer, whatever it is. And it's a good thing to try once in a while. I don't, it doesn't mean every day you start with a new company, but you can, I think, experiment. So this is a great chance to try a new product possibly for you at a discounted rate. And also, by the way, she's going to be at LashCon. And, uh, oh, yeah. She, yeah. She's, she's a gold sponsor. So she's going to be in the main foyer. So you'll see her there. This is her second year. Yeah, you were with us last yes. year. And so we're really excited to have you back as a gold sponsor. And she's uh, just, I, I love her branding. Everything about you is, it's is, is pink, cute. Yeah. And it's like Sakura. It's like Japanese. It's so girly. It's so cute. Yeah. Yes. It. Definitely go check them out. Nancy, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your journey with us. Oh, thank you so much. This was so fun. Hey, guys, that's a wrap. We are done. We are out of here. Thank you so much for tuning in. I want to ask you guys to please follow us on Instagram at LashCast and at the Lash Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. On behalf of my Lash Ping Pong Tusney, as well as our special guest, Nancy, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing, and remember, you have a friend in the lash industry.